Hey friends, today, instead of having a sermon, I thought all of us could just have a little fun together and play a game. It's a new game called Could You Do It? It's taking the world by storm and it's very simple, but a lot of fun. There's a scorecard on the back of your bulletin, so I invite you to pull it out and play along with me. I, the game host, will give you a series of challenges. And at the end of each challenge comes a question. Could you do it? Are you ready? Okay, let's play. In the book of Exodus, Moses ascends to the top of Mount Sinai. He receives the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone, and then he brings the law of God down to the people of God. Challenge number one. If I asked you to name the Ten Commandments, to recite them from memory, could you do it? Okay, if you can't do it, then don't feel too bad. Uh, Most people, even most Christians, can't. Uh, About 10 years ago, there was a survey of over a thousand people, and most people could list all the ingredients of a Big Mac and name all the members of the Brady Bunch, but they could not name even a few of the Ten Commandments. So don't feel bad. You're not alone. Still, I'm sure that some of you could name the Ten Commandments from memory. And if that's you, then well done. Give yourself a point. Mark a tally on your scorecard. Challenge number two. You were just asked to name the Ten Commandments from memory. Now if I asked you to keep the Ten Commandments perfectly Could you do it? Could you keep all 10 all the time? Of course, it's hard to know if we're keeping the 10 commandments if we don't know what they are. So to remind, they include honor your father and mother, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, and do not covet. Everyone okay so far? Any murderers out there that need to turn themselves in? Uh, Any uh, liars or thieves or bank robbers? Okay. Uh, The Ten Commandments also include, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any graven image. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. There you go. The Ten Commandments. How'd you do? If you have kept the Ten Commandments perfectly throughout your entire life, then give yourself a pat on the back and give yourself a point. Challenge number three is this. When it comes to the Ten Commandments, you may keep the letter of the law, but could you keep the spirit of the law? Could you honor their purpose and intent? Could you do it? Now, as we consider this, let me remind us of Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount. Starting in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, Jesus says, You have heard it said, you shall not murder. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says so much as you fool will be liable to hell. So if I asked you if you could refrain from murder for your whole life long, I'm sure you could do it. 
Now, it might be hard at some moments, maybe when you're stuck in traffic on I-65, but if I asked you if you could refrain from even being angry with another person, could you do it? Jesus continues with this. He says, you have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. When it comes to the Ten Commandments, you may keep the letter of the law, but could you keep the spirit of the law? Could you never become angry, never lust, never lie, never fudge the truth, even a little? Could you never become jealous, never covet your neighbor's car or your neighbor's clothes? Could you never love or value anything over and above God? Could you take this standard, the standard of Jesus, which is an even higher standard than the standard of Moses, and keep it perfectly? Well, friend, if that's you, then give yourself a point. So why don't we pause and take stock? How is everyone's scorecard? Out of three possible points, how many do you have? Okay, well, uh, we're not done with the game yet. You're not out of it. Uh, There are still lots of points to play for. So let's continue with challenges four and five. In the book of Exodus, there were 10 commandments. But by the book of Matthew, there were 613 laws on the books. 613 Over time, the law became more than Ten Commandments, much, much more. Now, why? Well, in trying to keep the law, all sorts of questions arose. Okay, the people said, uh, we're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, but what precisely is work? Is it work to move a basket of wheat across the kitchen? Uh, Is it work to rescue an ox that's fallen into a ditch? Is it work to pick up a writing utensil and use it? Uh, There were honest questions that needed straightforward answers uh, and confusing situations that needed clarity. And so laws were added to disambiguate the law. And of course, over time, new situations called for new laws. Uh, Take our own country, for example. How many laws exist today in the year 2020? The answer, many, many more than there were in 1776. In 1776, there were no cars, for example. And so there were no laws about seatbelts or speed limits or drunk driving. Uh, In 1776, there were no building codes, uh, no laws requiring smoke detectors and fire escapes, no need to comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act because no such law existed. As times change, laws change, often becoming more numerous. So in the book of Exodus, There were Ten Commandments. But by the time we get all the way to the book of Matthew, to the New Testament, we have 613 laws. There were laws about what foods could or could not be eaten, uh, what fabrics could or could not be worn, and, and men, what facial hair could and could not be grown. So challenge number four 
is this. If I asked you to name all 613 laws, could you do it? Challenge number five is this. If I asked you to keep all 613 laws, could you do it? Friends, this gives you a sense, just a very small sense of what it was like to live during New Testament times. Biblical scholar William Barclay writes, to strict Orthodox Jews in the time of Jesus, religion was a matter of keeping countless legalistic rules and regulations. They regarded these petty rules and regulations as matters of life and death and even eternal destiny. Friends, the world of the New Testament was ruled by the Pharisees, and the Pharisees taught that one had to earn God's approval through obedience to the law. Uh, The way to please God was by keeping all of these little laws. That's how you earned acceptance with God or uh, right standing, justification before God. But how could you keep track of 613 laws, let alone keep them? And if you couldn't keep the law, then how could you ever be right with God? How could you ever be confident that God loves and accepts you? Well, along came Jesus, who changes things. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So here's challenge number six. If I asked you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, could you do it? I mean, could you really do it? Could you do it perfectly without faltering? Could you do it constantly without ceasing? Have you loved God with all your heart? all your soul and all your mind, all of the time from the beginning of one's life to the end of one's life from cradle to grave? Well, friends, if you say yes, uh, I'll just have to take your word for it. Go ahead and give yourself a point. Here's challenge number seven. Uh, If I asked you to love your neighbor as yourself, could you do it? I mean, could you really do it? Have you ever spoken ill of others behind their backs? Have you ever lashed out in anger and hurt someone by word or deed? Have you ever injured someone by something that you have done or something that you have left undone? Have you ever spent money on something totally frivolous when that money could have been given to God's work in the world to renew the world? and redeem the world if you, my friend, have always loved your neighbor as yourself and never fallen short, then okay, you know yourself best, give yourself a point. 
So friends, why don't we take stock? Why don't we pause and look at our scorecards? Did anyone get any points from the greatest commandments? You know, we have gone from 10 commandments to 613 laws down to two great commandments. Maybe it's all too much. Maybe it's still too hard. You know, maybe we should lower the bar a little bit, lower the standard. It it might compromise the integrity of the law, but, you know, we we really want to meet the law and jump over the bar. So, okay, we can look past that. Friends, wouldn't it be nice if we had just one rule to follow? I mean, just one simple golden rule. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. For this is the law and the prophets. And of course, this is known as the golden rule. So here's challenge number eight. If I asked you to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, could you do it? Really? Uh, Have you? done it to date? Uh, So far in your life, have you kept the golden rule perfectly? Have you done it always and everywhere at every time in every situation with every person that you meet? Are you sure? Should I ask those who live with you? Should I ask those who work with you? Well, friend, if you are sure that you have kept the golden rule perfectly from the beginning of your life and that you'll continue to do so until the end of your life, then by all means, you are an outstanding, exceptional person and you can give yourself a point. So friends, that is, that is our game today. Why don't we stop and check our scorecards? How many points do you have? How's your scorecard? Well, here's my scorecard. It looks like this. I have one point for knowing all the Ten Commandments, which you might expect of a minister of word and sacrament. But after that, I got nothing. I got nothing. Friends, by now, it should be clear that no one is able to keep the law of God. No one is able to please God through obedience to the law. No one is able to honor God the way that God deserves to be honored. And no one can measure up to his standard. You know, some may have a little more and some may have a little less. But friends, this is a losing game for all of us. Even when everything is boiled down to just one rule, we still can't keep it. And friends, I hope at this point you feel the truth of the Bible, and I hope you feel the weight of it. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, who could stand? Psalm 130. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Isaiah chapter 53. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, no, not one, no one who seeks God, no, not one. Romans chapter 3. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus says, You must be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
Straight from Jesus, the mouth of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And yet, who could do this? No one. No one. Sisters and brothers in Christ, knowing this, knowing that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, how do we feel? Do we feel cast down? convicted, condemned? Well, understandably. Uh, Do you despair of ever being right with God? Well, understandably. Uh, I mean, if it's the case that we earn God's approval and acceptance through keeping the law, then who could ever be approved of and accepted? Friends, if you feel cast down and convicted and condemned, if you despair of ever being right with God, then listen to me. I have got some good news for you. But now. But now, says the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. There is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says... I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And yes, indeed, Christ did not abolish the law. Christ did not diminish the law or lower the standard or uh, uh, violate the integrity of the law. No, Christ kept the law. He fulfilled it perfectly in his own life. And God was pleased to credit his righteousness to us. Oh, friends, Christ Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He led a sinless life without any blemish or stain and imputed his righteousness to those who are his. He kept the law of God perfectly and stands ready and willing to trade his record with that of any sinner who calls on his name. He achieved justification and right standing with God for us all. And so now, now at its heart, Christianity isn't about rules. Christianity isn't about regulations. At its heart, Christianity is about relationship. Relationship with God and one another, our fellow human beings. Christianity isn't about rules or regulations. It's about relationship. And God's approval isn't something that we gain by our obedience or lose by our disobedience. No, God's approval is given freely, fully, 
and finally, permanently, to those who are washed in the blood. Because of Jesus Christ, God's love isn't a wage to be earned. No, it's a gift to be received. It's given by sheer grace and received through childlike faith with open hands and grateful heart. Friend, you may look at your scorecard and feel like a loser, but when you look at Christ and see what he did for us and for our salvation, then you can know, you can know that you are a winner. Oh, friends, doesn't this make us want to sing? It makes me want to sing. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son who yielded his life in atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he has done. Amen and amen.